When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. This is your host, as always, from Movie Lovers Unite, John DiGorio, and I just want to sit, talk about something real quick, and that is Audible. What is Audible? I'm so glad that you guys asked. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers like Anne Rice, Stephen King, the list just goes on. Their whole entire catalog, when it comes down to audiobooks, is just fantastic. If you're on on the road and everything and you want an audiobook and you want to download it fast, go ahead, go to Audible. You're not going to regret it. They actually have a trial right now that you guys can actually jump on. You can actually go on ahead, go to the link, and it'll bring you up to that trial. And a matter of fact, every month, members actually get one credit to pick any title plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection and access to Daily News Digest from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, as well as guided meditation programs. Another thing too, guys, that's not all they have. They also have, they also have, finish, if you actually want to go ahead and do some things to actually better yourself for 2021, they have stuff for that too, like finishing more books or becoming a better parent, leader, or a person. How-to books, which is something that everybody seems to grab onto a lot lately and everything else. So if you guys are actually looking for something to maybe better yourself for 2021, go on ahead, check out those books as well. They have a big catalog. You guys won't regret it. Go ahead, click on the link below in the description notes. Go on ahead. You guys won't regret it. Sign up for that trial period. And always, until next time, stay safe, guys, and enjoy the show. And God bless. lovers and welcome to the show for today's podcast episode i have charlie woodman with me today say hello to everybody hello and and we're actually doing our top 10 list of the best movies that came out in 2020 and i know that i labeled this thing as the worst movies of 2020 but this is just really matter of fact i'm actually going to be doing some editing with it whereas actually going to be the movies that we're just disappointed with with 2020 because we had such high hopes for, for certain movies, and they just didn't, didn't even end up making that marker to be on the best list. So that's what I'm going to wind up doing with the list. So it's not going to be a worst list anymore. It's now just going to be movies that we were just disappointed by. So with further ado, let's go on ahead and get, get on with the show. So what do you have for some of your honorable mentions? Okay, um, I have nine honorable mentions, but um, some of them I had on there. I had uh, number nine, I had Ava, which is the uh, Jessica Chastain assassin spy-ish movie. Um, some of the action sequences were actually really entertaining in it. Um, um, yeah, I think it, Jessica, it had a pretty good cast. Uh, Jessica Chastain was in it. Colin Farrell was in it. Um, Gina Davis was in it. Um, John Malkovich. Um, I think that's it, but but that one on like Jessica Chastain's Ava, total badass. 
some of the sequences where she has to get out of an apartment and all the and I think it's, it feels like you know, it felt it was an army that she just took out by herself. <laughs> all right. It was interesting. Um, okay. Uh, what else do you have your on on your honorable mentions? Um, I had uh, the Invisible Man was on my list. I um, I had that the Invisible Man. I had the the Way Back. That's the Ben Affleck uh, movie, his first movie since uh, I think Sobriety or something of that nature. Um, don't know the full details, but I know he. Uh, it was it's an intense movie. Um, it was entertaining. Um. I like Doolittle. I thought it was okay for what it was. It, it it didn't it didn't I didn't hate it. Um, the I have uh Scoob, the uh, the animated uh, Scooby Doo movie that was entertaining. Um, Mark Wahlberg as Blue Falcon was pretty funny. Um, uh, some of the other ones I had I had uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Jim Carrey was the highlight of that movie. Um, my second one I had that movie The Hunt. The one with uh, the one that was the uh, the one that was the movie with a lot of controversy on it, and it's the uh, essentially the uh, taking out this uh, the deplorables. I think that was the group or whatever they called. And then and they they chose a wrong person. This person actually turned out to be a former military person. Um, it, it was funny it was a, it was like it was it was a dark comedy. I mean that stuff's not the the. The sequences aren't supposed to be that funny, but I thought it was entertaining for what it was. And then my number one, I had uh, Birds of Prey. Okay, so only had maybe a few honorable mentions and yeah. everything, and that is Over the Moon, which is a Netflix movie, which is actually an animated film. I thought that was really cute, especially oh, nice. if you have like kids and everything. It goes. Mm-hmm. What I also like about this film, as a matter of fact, I reviewed this on somebody else's podcast on uh, and everything. And what I liked about this was the fact that it actually shows other cultures, like it shows the Chinese culture and how they actually celebrate different things. So it shows a um, very, it shows that the fact that there's very diverse in that area, which is something that I'm really mm-hmm. actually happy about. So there's that. And then there's also, what's, there's also this other one that came out with uh, DreamWorks. I think it's Over the Edge or something like that. It was another um, animated movie, but DreamWorks. I'm trying to think if what they did. No, the only DreamWorks I think I can think of that came out this year I haven't seen is the Crude sequel. I'm uh, not 100% sure. Right. Okay. Let's see here. I think it might have been Pixar. I'm not 100% sure, but either way it goes, I thought that movie was really good. Uh, so okay. we're just going to. So we're just going to go into our top 10 best movies for 2020. I'm just going to start off with number 10, The Old Guard, with Charlize Theron. And here's the thing. I really love this story for what it is. And I like the whole entire opening sequence of this film because you see this whole entire dark area inside this place. You don't quite know what's going on. These cops are going into this... um, going into this warehouse and all of a sudden you see a bunch of bullets going all over the place and things like that mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden open and then all of a sudden the lights come on a whole bunch of dead bodies and everything is everywhere charlie's Dyrone is throwing a freaking uh viking axe at people and everything else it's just fucking awesome <laughs> and 
you know, this movie is actually one of my favorites. I like the stunt work in this movie. I love the fact that this is actually based off of a graphic novel. And not only that, but it gives you the background of each character, about how these characters came together and about how yeah. they're able to actually not age. And they're like 300, mm -hmm. 400 years old, but it's very rare for somebody to actually age. And also, yeah. too, someone that also cannot die. So it has like a little bit of a Highlander effect. Yeah. Um, I thought the action was fantastic in this movie. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's Charlie Theron. I mean, once I knew she was in it and I saw the trailer, I was immediately sold because she can play some great action characters. And I'm hoping we get a sequel, especially the way this, how this one ended. <laughs> From what I heard, we are probably going to be getting a sequel to it. Which so, I figured I'm because it's, uh, Netflix got, has both of her sequels because I think they have the rights for the Atomic Blonde sequel is on Netflix, so it, it kind of makes sense. But she's just okay. she was just a badass in this movie. <laughs> she was she was the standout. Not only that, but whenever I also like the fact too that when she tries to rescue this one army recruit officer who has actually had yeah. the same type of abilities that she has, there's no trust yeah. there. Normally in film, it takes a while. It doesn't take a while for the person to trust the other person. It took a while yeah. to build for them to actually build that trust for Charlie's that wrong. And that's something yeah. that I actually appreciated with this film. It took its time to actually give us the details yeah. to be able to let this character trust her. So that was something that I really liked. The runtime wasn't, it was about two hours um, or, or some of that. I, it was, I think it was two hours. I forgot. I um, but I think the runtime wasn't long at all. So you, 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 you immediately got to know the characters. They were able to pace it well. I mean, they were to pace the action sequences well. I mean, and I thought the the chemistry between the uh, her partner, um, her the new recruit, about the just the two of them together. I mean, um, like just the chemistry, I thought was fantastic. But uh, I thought the whole cast was great. I mean, and then just the the funny moment is like when when uh when the 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 one guy when he's trying to find him, I think it's uh I forgot his character name, but I think it's Cheta Etiwal. Yeah. I can't pronounce his name, but uh. When he says, okay, we need to leave right now. And all of them start leaving because they realize something's gone wrong. <laughs> it was a great movie. It was. It was fantastic. So what do you have Netflix for your number 10? Oh, all right. I have um, I had Wonder Woman on this one, um, 1984. Okay. I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, again, there was some flaws I had with it. I thought the runtime was way too long. They did not need to make this that long, and that's what made it draw it just draw drawn out. And I like this one better because I wasn't a huge fan of the first Wonder Woman. But the, the problem I had with these the last two is there's not much action. I mean, it's just you there's some set pieces, yeah, her doing, but the action sequences. I mean, I can get more action out of like um Dawn, i got more action out of dawn of justice from her than these first two movies combined and it's just i just they need to show more action i mean show her fighting some guy that's a that i mean because i don't consider the, the and i because i thought i liked the villains in this one a lot better than the first one um i i i just i i, I just i don't know the, the villain in the first one just felt like uh one hit beam it, it felt like it reminded me so much of the weapon that uh, the war machine used in Iron Man Two from Hammer Tech, the ex-wife. All the all the all the like the sequences is like, phew. I don't know. I just I, I liked it, 
I mean, it had moments. I mean, Steve, like Chris Pine, best part, best part of the movie. I had seen him. Um, I wasn't expecting how they had it, but Steve back was awesome. Um, again, it, it, like I said, I'm excited for the third one. I just want to see a lot more action. That was okay. I, that, and I, I had a lot of flaws with it, but it was it was entertaining from what it was. I thought I liked Kristen Wiig as Cheetah, and I liked uh, Pedro Pascal as as the uh as maxwell um but i mean it, it had flaws but it was entertaining um i still have a lot of movies to see so it might bump out of my top 10 um okay. but that's what i have right now okay that's actually on my disappointed list but i'll get to that later yeah. on so yeah. let's see here uh tara says i'm so excited to see wonder woman i am too well i'm not i am too but yeah i saw the i saw wonder woman 1984 we actually did a spoiler review and everything for that in a non-spoiler review so if you don't want mm-hmm. things spoiled i actually have a 12 minute long review that i did on the channel and also converted over to audio podcast and the same thing with the spoiler review as well so let's see here i actually have for my number nine i have the five bloods with chadwick boseman uh, and that's on my list to see i have not okay. i have uh it's on my netflix my netflix queue to watch okay so this movie I really liked because of the fact that it's dealing with friends. It's dealing with friendships and things like that, especially after so long of a time period when these friends went to war together and now they're revisiting Vietnam and everything in the in a world that's like 2019-2020 kind of environment which is totally different from when they were there the last time. And it's about bonding, mm-hmm. it's about friendship, it's about that's what the movie's actually conceived on. And then once you realize why they're there, they're there for the gold that they actually found, that they actually found and everything in, on, in Vietnam. And they're trying to find out where this, tra- matter of fact, they actually know, think that they know where that plane is, that they actually, uh, where the treasure is or whatever, the gold. So that's basically what it is about these friends that are trying to go into the jungle again and find this plane to go get the gold and then also too you have a conservative person that's actually pro-trump you also have another person that is also too that that is very smart things like that different aspects all these friends come together just for this one event to try and find this gold and also too to bury their friend chadwick boseman does such an awesome job in this movie to the mm-hmm. point where, you know, you actually care about his character. You actually care if this person dies or not. And yeah. Chadwick is such a great actor. I had no clue that he even had cancer during that time when he was making this film. And he no, lost. I had no idea either. Same. Total and stuff. he lost a tr- right. He made a tremendous. Uh, he lost a tremendous amount of weight on this movie, yeah. and everything too. But it is so good. I strongly recommend checking out the uh, the Five Bloods. Okay. This movie is just great. Nice. So what do you have for your Yeah, nine? it's on my... It's not, all right, my number nine. Um, some have it listed. It came out in 2019. I wrote this because it came out in 2020. I have Guns Akimbo on my list. Hmm. I've never heard this, of that one. This one, this one stars Daniel Radcliffe, and um, it's... Um, like the opening sequence, you know immediately what you're getting into. If I think it has, uh, I believe Samara Weaving is in it too. So essentially, it's like in this, in this, like, it gets like in the in the present day, 
there's this site that people go watch and they want to watch people like like kill each other essentially like it's like it's sort of like kind of like a death race kind of like kind of that kind of like the death race kind of like the condemned idea so essentially samara weaving is this top-notch assassin that everybody wants to and then like and then it's like it's that so daniel radcliffe he's this guy that's he's kind of like a troll on the internet that he's going over like oh i don't like your comment on blocking so he gets involved with this with this whole that assassin organization and so much so that these people show up at his house and they nail guns pistols to his hand and they tell him you need to kill this girl and this girl is the top assassin the action is absolutely insane in this one. There's so the, such a high body count is uh, I believe it's on Amazon Prime. Um, yeah, but I'm the fine. action, like I said, I, yeah, I believe it's on Amazon Prime. It's so I was way entertained, and then the 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 soundtrack was pretty great in it too. But the action sequences, which just yeah, it was it was it was awesome. Yeah, I actually agree with you on that. And matter of fact, I actually have to say, I did see that movie now that you actually gave me the description of it. Like I said, I've seen so many movies in 2020 that I forget which movies came on that I saw because everything went to streaming services. So sometimes my mind blanked. So with that being said, I definitely love the action sequences. This movie you can actually stream on Amazon Prime, like you said, Charlie. Um, I really like the whole entire deal where... Daniel Radcliffe actually has to take down this number one assassin with the limited amount of uh, gun ammo that's in his gun as well. So the guns are actually, you know, uh, like not glued onto his hands, but actually screwed into his hands. And he's going around and he can't even get a taxi cab because of the fact that the guns are actually in his hands. Pretty visible. Right. Or he's out in PJs, like he's out in his PJs and his in his in his slippers, just that. Um, but when there's the action hit, it was just intense. Mm-hmm. I totally agree it with you. It was very on that. John Wick style, very John Wick style. All right, but yeah, it was very John Wick style. Not only that, but also like the beat between him and the number one assassin and everything too, mm-hmm. because she thinks that she kills him, and then she's come to find out. He is not dead. So therefore they have to do this whole entire thing of this cat and mouse game all over again yeah. to yeah. try and bring one of one another down. So I thought that was actually pretty yeah. neat. Yeah. I highly recommend for anyway like looking for something to watch to definitely watch that movie. It's entertaining. It's short too, okay. so it's not that Yeah, that was actually something that I was actually surprised about myself. Yeah. And let's see, for my number eight, I have bad boys for life. And it was, I don't know about you, man, but when I first saw the previews, yeah, I laughed at it. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, it's been so long ago since we've seen these two actors on the screen again. It's been since 2003 when when we've seen Martin Lawrence and Will Smith doing their thing, Mike Larry, and also Marcus. And I'm like, okay, does the chemistry still fit? Even though I'm laughing at a preview that's three minutes long. It feels like the chemistry yeah. is there, but we've seen this before. We've seen this yeah. with um, some other the other movies that came out several years later. For instance, uh, Zoolander 2, we've seen that with that. We've seen uh, uh, Dumb yeah. and Dumber as yeah. well. So I'm like, okay, it hasn't been too long. But once you actually go and see this movie, once you pop this into your Blu-ray player and watch it on your digital media and everything, yeah, 
it's actually a fantastic film. It was like they didn't even miss a beat in this movie. No. The opening scene with them doing a chase when they were actually, yeah. uh, where cops are actually chasing off. them, <laughs> which is totally different. Yeah, and it was a grittier take on it too. It was a lot darker than the last few. I'm like they did they they kept the chemistry and they kept the com- the comedic parts in it. But once it got dark, there were dark moments in this. I mean, it was, but it was like I said, my brother who has he didn't he didn't see any of the other two movies. Um, when at he saw it twice in theaters. I mean, it's just I mean, I I think he's I believe he's either if he definitely saw it with me when we saw it for the first time and he thought it was great. I mean, like I said, I mean, it definitely had that same chemistry that Michael Bay doing, and and speaking of that. Bad Boys for Life was the highest grossing movie in 2020. That's actually pretty neat. I didn't even expect that to actually happen. But that's also probably no. because it's also pre-COVID as well, before everything yeah. happened. Which is what is this, when I, yeah, When I went in the theater, it was packed for Bad Boys for Life. I mean, how well it did opening weekend and it, like how it surpassed their expectations was like, it made me happy that something that waited this long People were excited to see this, regardless, and now we're and we're going to get a sequel from it, hopefully sooner rather than later. But I'm pretty sure I'm I'm leaning towards this sooner. I think in the next, I would say at least in two years, we'll get a sequel. I, I would think so because you know you yeah, want to actually have that hype, huh? Yeah, they already they already confirmed it. They just um right. haven't really because uh, the both of their schedules are that. But no, it was just very entertaining. The action was great. I personally thought it was my favorite out of all of them, even though the second one is very good. Not critically, but very good. (laughs) I really liked the third one a lot. And not only that, but Michael Bay didn't direct this film at all. It was led to two directors, which is actually a good change in pace where they can both change, both share the same uh, stress level. If one person's feeling stressed, the other person can carry that load, which is actually a good thing. Then, like you said, it was actually a darker pace than what we normally get from this and i actually felt a little bit of a sense of danger for mike larry in this one than i did in the other two films which to the point where like okay is he actually gonna make this thing out alive even at the very beginning but even in the middle i'm like is he actually gonna die in this movie because you do have a sense of danger yeah i kept thinking about like who's this person that's trying to kill him i was like it was it a past villain from the past movies so this to hear this i was like Whoa! Okay, that was a that was an interesting twist. I didn't see that one. I thought it was gonna be somebody from his past. Well, like in the well, past movies. That was, <laughs> right. Yeah, technically. <laughs> right, but I'm glad they didn't do that because we saw that in Die Hard with the Vengeance and everything yeah. too, where it was actually uh, the brother to the villain yeah. from the first film. I'm like, okay, I'm glad they didn't keep that formula. They kept it yeah. fresh. So I'm glad yeah. they didn't do a Die Hard route with that. Yeah. So that was something I was very pleased with, pleased with as well. I thought they did a very good job with the music. The soundtrack look was really good. The action sequences were great. Everything. You definitely got that whole like current day LA, like, or Miami, like vibe. I mean, the imagery that they used for it, I thought it was great. I mean, I have to watch it in 4K to see it. I mean, because playing the first two on my 4K player, I mean, it, it made like whoa like i can definitely tell the difference that they really knew what they're doing and it was a great movie okay so what do you have for your number eight 
All right, my number eight, I had, um, it was a Netflix movie called Spencer Confidential with uh, Mark oh, Wahlberg. That, <laughs> uh, that movie was entertaining. Um, it was, wasn't it like, it was kind of funny. It was a nice little, the big hit reunion with the, uh, with the cop buddy being one of his teammates from the big hit. Um, I thought it was hilarious. I mean, his ex-wife played by comedian Eliza Schalslinger hilarious i mean that was the first time i saw her but she was she's hysterical and that made me like okay i want to watch her other stand-ups and her sketch show but no she was the highlight of the movie for me she was hilarious she was hilarious not only that but it also had like a little bit of a 90s vibe though too at the inside the prison cell with Pope malone in there and stuff like that he beats the hell out of them because he's in prison mark Wahlberg does I actually did a review on this for the, my pod, my uh, audio only podcast, but mm-hmm. I really enjoyed this film for what it was. It was just one of those films that you can just sit back, relax, throw some popcorn in your face and stuff your face with popcorn and just enjoy it for what it is. And I think there will be a sequel for this. And I kind of hope they do. I mean, Mark Wahlberg's got that thing with Peter Berg that they keep that in this because this is a little tamer down version of a P- the Peter Berg than we're used to than his last movie with Mark Wahlberg and Mile 22. <laughs> right. And, you know, I think that they actually make the best collaboration team whenever it comes down to them making film. And, yeah. you know, I, I like Mark Wahlberg. I liked him in uh, The Four Brothers. I liked him in this movie. I like yeah. him and Peter Berg Pretty actually sure. make a movie together. <laughs> yeah. Um, that is just like it, the chemistry with him is like the chemistry Denzel has with uh, crap. Forgot his name. He got he directed the <laughs> Equalizer. Um, I don't know. Who about. Um, once you tell me, I'm gonna like just blink like this. Like, um, and the irony is like that director did the replacement and, killer. Um, Antoine Fuqua, there we go. And yeah, Antoine Fuqua, yep. Yeah, with that, and and then Leo doing a Scorsese movie. This the chemistry that the that got the the actor has with the director. I mean that that that's everything. It's pivotal. It definitely is, and I think that this movie is really good. Spencer for Hire was really good, and they yeah. are talking about doing a sequel. They, there is sequel talk. For it. Yeah, and I I want to say I want to see more of that because like, I think that's just something that um I'm personally excited to see Mark Wahlberg in the Uncharted movie. To be honest, I'm excited to see what he can bring to it. To be honest with you, yeah. I think it's gonna be a different spin than what we normally get from the video game. Yeah, but I mean, I'm a huge fan of the video games, and I what I've seen in the costume, I'm pretty hyped for uh, Tom Holland as uh Peter Park as a uh, Nathan Drake. Right. Let's see here. Um. I actually have the gentleman as my number seven. Oh, nice. So, yeah, I love this film. This film is actually one of my favorites. I actually rented this from Redbox, and mm-hmm. I like the whole entire setup with Charlie Hunnam telling the story of what, um, you know, of course, what Matthew McConaughey yeah. is doing and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But he's telling a different story every single time if you actually think about it. So you don't really know what the actual truth actually is as it's playing out. That's actually Mm. a thing that I really like. Who directed this film? I forgot. Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie. That explains the plot twist and everything else. 
But I like the fact that when you first get introduced into Matthew McConaughey's character, he's actually this guy who's actually trying to sell weed in yeah. England. So he actually has this 18-wheel container, but it's actually a secret compartment underground. That's why you don't see marijuana plants or anything or anything like that. Everything insulated inside. This movie is perfectly well done. The stunt work is yes. really good. The comedy, the comedic timing with Matthew McConaughey, with Charlie Hunnam, and everything yeah. that Guy Ritchie does is just phenomenal. Like I, like like I said, my dad and I were we, we saw this in the theaters, and it was like because we were we always listen to a reviewer like like every Friday after I get off work, like either Friday after I get off work, we listen to Fox uh, Kevin McCarthy of a uh, Fox DC reviewer. And he's on the he's on the uh, one hundred six seven the fan every Friday, and we listened to his review, and he gave it a five out of five. And my like, dad and I were like, okay, we're gonna go see this because I had um I was I was a fan um a member of the Regal Unlimited uh the that the uh, this the screen the subscription service, so I get to see unlimited movies at Regal, and I already had my ticket, so I used it for the gentleman, and my dad and I loved it. We thought it was great. The the casting was great. Um. The uh, Colin Farrell's little crew was hilarious. Like the, the the unforeseen like sequences, like oh, a bunch of like these young kids going up against adults. We kind of know what we're gonna what's gonna happen on this one. I'm like, wait, what do you mean the adults got beat up? <laughs> <laughs> it was um, great. Well, uh. Yeah, but the the sequence that made me cry laughing because I picked up on it before everybody in the audience do is what they the the snuff film that they made the director go through. Oh, <laughs> I remember that. I knew exactly what was going to happen at that part, and I started crying, laughing. I thought that was hilarious. Um, but unfortunately, I knew what happened after we got out of that movie that weekend. Was unfortunately the uh, the shocking pat the, the the shocking death of Kobe Bryant. That's how I knew when that when that week what that weekend was when I saw the gentleman. <laughs> Right, exactly. That was that was actually during that same time and everything too. And yeah, it was like we got out of the, like my dad and I got out of the theater, and I'm hearing people. Oh my god, that poor girl! And then I'm like, okay, what happened? And then I check my phone. I'm like, oh my god! And I was like, that that wasn't. I was like that that was the start of 2020. I'm like, jeez. <laughs> it just kept on going going downhill from there. But yeah. you know, the gentleman but the movie's is great. It is. A matter of fact, one of my favorite quotes that uh, Matthew McConaughey says, he plays a guy named Mickey Person, and he sa- and this is what he says, you see, I develop a reputation as a man who came up the hard way. You can say that there's blood on these pretty white hands, but in the new business, once legal and under ju- uh, justification of the res- respectable umbrella of menstrual uh, le- legitimacy, an enterprise like this will need to face on need to face with a clean past, which sadly I do not possess. Retirement doesn't sound so bad. Long walks in the courtyard, uh, courtside, uh, pruning roses with my better half, raising some cubs. I've earned it. <laughs> so I like I mean, that. I just love the um, Guy Ritchie's dialogue is like this. He's just got a niche when it comes to dialogue. I mean, that's what I liked a lot about the uh, Charlie Hunnam's Keen Arthur movie. This the quick the quick rapid pace of the dialogue between them like like the, him describing the story of his day to these knights 
I felt that was like I felt that was just really clever. And then I again, I'm I'm always I'm a huge Charlie Hunnam fan. I think he, he was just great in this movie. He's he's just been great in a lot of stuff I've seen him in. But no, his 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 character in this one was fantastic. But the whole cast was great in this movie. It was very entertaining, for sure. Okay, so what do you have for your number seven? My number seven, I have the Vin Diesel superhero movie Bloodshot. Okay, um, I was going to see this movie, but I didn't get around seeing it because this is actually during that time of COVID was really hitting hard, and yeah. then also too. I didn't really feel like renting this movie for like 20 bucks because yeah. I didn't know if it was going to be any good or not. So give me your opinion. So hit me with it. I enjoyed it. It was actually a lot of the action was cool in it. I'm again, I'm a Vin Diesel fan. So I was going to, I wanted to see this anyway in March. So this came out like right when COVID started. So I didn't get a chance to officially see this in the theaters, which I wanted to. Um, I liked it. I thought it was cool. Um, the, the this like the special effects were great, and then the action the action was pretty cool in it. So it was in, it was entertaining. I like I mean I I didn't hate it. I like this a lot better than Wonder Woman, but that was the because okay. it's higher on my list. I gotcha. Not only that, but you know you have to kind of expect like the one liners with Vin Diesel with this movie and action yeah, I mean, sequences. I mean, I'm a Fast and the Furious fan. I mean, I didn't like Me his too. the earlier one, but once. Paul Walker got back into the series with him from four, from um, Fast and Furious four on. I enjoyed him. I mean, it, and then like I said, I'm I'm pumped for the new one, um, especially with the big character that's coming back in this one. Right. So let's see here. For my number six, it's actually going to be The Devil All the Time with Tom Holland oh, okay. and yeah, with Robert Tom Holland Pat- and. Also- Robert Pattinson, yeah. It's on my list. To, it's on my list to see. I haven't gone around to see it yet. Dude, it is so good. Like, okay. Robert Pattinson plays a really creepy preacher and everything okay. in this film, and also a douchebag preacher at that. He will give you goosebumps because of the way that he's okay. actually acting in this film. Forget about Twilight, okay. forget about all that other stuff and things like that. But Whenever you look at Robert Pattinson's acting ability with this film, it is it's just phenomenal. And then also too, Tom Holland in this film is really good. Gives you the background right off the bat of what Tom Holland's character is like and everything. He he has a very dark past. Then again, everybody in this film is very dark from the dark past mm-hmm. and everything. Like at first you don't know who to actually cheer on or anything like that okay. because everybody is evil in their own way. And things like that too and tom holland's dad actually uh, this is not a spoiler or anything like that i'm just trying to give okay. you some groundwork and this is for everybody but basically cool. his dad kills himself in front of a cross that he made because he mm. thought that maybe if he sacrificed himself it would bring back his mother bring back tom holland's mother from cancer because back in those days people were actually part in the bible system where they ever actually heavily believed in the bible system and everything during those times and they practiced basically the old testament law and the old testament law you would go ahead and sacrifice give a sacrifice and then you would actually either be you would be forgiven so that's actually in the context of what he was actually trying to do but then what in stuff like that of course nothing happened what it is it is what it is 
Regard mm-hmm. so from that time on, Tom Holland's character is actually traumatized by that. But he also picked up on his dad's behavior and stuff like that too, about how to strike down somebody when they at least expect it. If you're being bullied, if you see somebody else being bullied and everything, don't strike them whenever you th- that think that, that you think that they're gonna strike that. Hold on, I got my I got tongue tied. But <laughs> it's actually ba- basically this: do not strike them and everything when they expect it strike at them when they least expect it when they're off guard and mm-hmm. he ends up pounding these fools to no end <laughs> when Ray does oh, this nice. but like I said uh, Robert Pattinson does such a good job of playing the creepy pastor he's very snobby he also ends up trying to justify his behavior and things like that mm-hmm. so you're looking for a good movie where you don't know who to root for and also too towards the end of it it is it, you wind up finding out that maybe Tom Hall might be the person that you wind up rooting for, but at the at the same time, though, it's not really anybody to actually root for. So there's that. Okay. Well. So what's your number six? All right, my number six is another Netflix movie, um, Eurovision Song Contest: The Story of Fire Saga. All right, this movie is so entertaining. <laughs> it's what the the. Uh, it's the uh, based off um, the Eurovision uh, competition that actually happens in the UK. It's a song comp, which is actually a real thing. This one starred Will Ferrell and uh, Rachel McAdams, as well as Pierce Brosnan, and I think that I believe Dan Stevens was in this too. Okay, this movie's hilarious. It's it's so funny. This the uh, um, pretty much uh, uh, Will Ferrell plays Eric's um, like um, Lars Erikson, and Rachel McAdams plays. Uh, um, secret, um, uh, secrets, um, I forgot the last name, but there's a joke, the whole, like, there's a running gag the whole time that they think the two of them are like, um, oh yeah, it was, uh, secret, um, Eric's daughter, and they're not related. Everybody kept saying, are you brother and sister? No. <laughs> <laughs> and they're um, from Sweden, Iceland. That's also another thing that's yeah, actually Iceland, I, Iceland, yeah, the Iceland fire saga. This movie is funny. I mean, it's just, it's just, it, and then the, 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 the soundtrack's actually really good for this, too. I mean, it's just, it, it's entertaining, um, because you know when the two of them perform bad, something bad's going to happen. Like, you, you just got to pick up on it early on in the queue. Like, oh, yeah, I brought you this long, I brought you this long scarf. Okay. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. There's the scarf. <laughs> <laughs> and there he's on this hamster wheel. Funny. That's that's what yeah. makes it funny though. This big huge yeah. wheel, <laughs> and the scarf gets wrapped up in the in this wheel, and yeah. he's bringing Ingrid and, with and him. And she was flying, and it's just like you knew something bad was going to happen. But it was just it's just it was just entertaining. And how they get to the Eurovision contest, it's just it's just the randomness of it, like the, some of the moments of it. It was it was it's just entertaining. It was like this. I mean, I'm a Will Ferrell fan. How like. I'm not a huge Rachel McAdams fan. However, I liked her in this one. There's not much stuff I like. I mean, it depends on the movie for her. Like for me, um, she's not. I don't hate her. Like I hate Kristen Stewart, but she's in her. She's in She was entertaining in this one, and um, so it depends on the movie for her. For me, but she was great in this. That like it was. It's just hilarious, and then it's just pretty cool to see that this is actually a real thing in the UK. This, the Eurovision thing isn't a real event that happens every year, so it's a little um, homage to that because they actually had people that competed on Eurovision in this movie. 
that's what I thought that was actually pretty funny though too. Like if people don't know what Eurovision is or anything, it's basically America America's Got Talent or uh better yet American yeah. Idol, but it's for the yeah. UK. And it's only and... one song. <laughs> and they're very strict on their rules for this. Right. And it can't be like an original song either, I don't think, or something like that. I think they can, like you submit one song, it can be original, I think. Um, because all the ones it's gotta be one one song and you gotta go the the whole contest with this one song. If you change it up, you're disqualified. Right. And you know, I actually liked when uh, at the very beginning, whenever you actually see it in Will Ferrell's mind about how it looks like a music video. And yeah. really, they're actually in their parents' basement doing music. Yeah. <laughs> but he's and, then, thinking... yeah, the, 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 yeah. and then he's like, get out of there. I'm like, okay. I mean, you think this is a real, like, real set. And then it's, now it's green screen. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was There's really pretty... funny. There was a pretty cool thing. Um, I think it was like uh, I think Netflix UK had a video of like a little behind the scenes of Fire Saga. So it's the two of them. We were gonna go with, th- with this name, but these but these guys stole it from us. I mean, it's like the what their original name for Fire Saga was supposed to be. Um, I think that we want to go Red Hot Chili Peppers, but that didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a video on uh, Netflix UK. That's where I found the uh, behind the scenes thing of Fire yeah. Saga, and I thought that that was hilarious. But yeah, that movie I did. As a matter of fact, I did watch that on Netflix and everything. I did want yeah. wind up liking it and everything. It's just that I forgot yeah. all about. Like I said, every single movie that came out in 2020 was released on the streaming services, so I actually forgot yeah. what I actually watched. So yeah. let's see here. For my number five, I actually have Extraction with uh, Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. This movie is like Thor mixed with John Wick. This movie is fantastic and everything. I mean, the action sequences is really good. I like the fact how mm-hmm. he has to go in and try and save this kid. This kid doesn't trust him, so he has to try and build a trust bond with the kid. Yeah. Next thing you know it, the kid is actually getting involved and trying to help him. This movie yeah. is so good and perfectly well the executed. That good in this. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I'm excited but, for what how they're going to continue this. I have my theory of why I think the, my interpretation of the ending, I'm not going to say it here because I don't think people have seen it. Okay. I'm hoping they actually go a different route. I'm hoping that it's not like the same storyline. I'm hoping that they do it like a separate yeah. storyline than what we did before, because I don't, when they make sequels, I like to actually see something different. I don't like to see the same plot that I actually saw from the first film. I like to actually yeah. see them actually go out of their comfort zone to actually give us something new and something fresh. That we haven't gotten I think, before. Yeah. So, and Netflix is always good about that. They don't do the same repetitive yeah. repetitiveness of most yeah. movies. So that's something that I actually do appreciate. Um. Yeah. So, but like I said, the action sequence is really good. There is a little bit of comic comedic stuff that actually happens in this film, and things yeah. like that. But if you're looking for a good movie with Chris Hemsworth, that's part of Netflix and everything. I recommend this film. So what do you have for your number? Yeah. All right. My number five that you you mentioned earlier, I had the old guard as my number five. Okay. Um, I I love that one. Yeah. So if you want to, 
we can actually go into your number four then if we since we already did this. okay and um my number four you we just discussed this with extraction i had that as my number four <laughs> okay so <laughs> we can go into number three for you uh all right i'll or I can mention my number, my number three number two we've already discussed it <laughs> uh my number third of the year is the gentleman I had that as my number three of the year. Okay. Okay. okay so <laughs> my number four would actually be the way back with Ben Affleck. Oh, nice. Yeah. I thought that was an honorable mention for me. Right. That's why I didn't mention it at all when you were yeah. talking about it. So, because I wanted to hold yeah. back a little bit, but I like this movie. I really have to say I had a good time watching it. I like the fact that he actually yeah. took on a role that was perfect mm -hmm. for him. And I feel bad for him because he was actually going through alcoholism in real life yeah yeah and he played a role that's yeah imagine playing a role where you're addicted to alcohol while you're actually trying to recover from alcohol and try mm -hmm. and drink something that's non-alcoholic that's actually related to alcohol that yeah. is 10 times hard to actually play something yes. like that i, and, I mean this was I, mean, I, I like him as an actor um and i thought yeah. like like i said this movie was there's moments in it that was really sad. You felt bad for him. I mean, and like, and a lot of it that kind of hit close personally to me because I had cancer when I was little. So this one really hit home with like what they, what their friend going for cancer and, and right. then, and then the relapse, a lot of that, it was, it hit home. And that's, and I, I just related to this movie a lot more because of that. And you see, Another thing, too, that I want to actually mention is this. I like how he's actually this, he was the most popular guy in high school. He had it yeah. all. He could have went to be an NBA player, basically, or go to a college and then transfer over to NBA, transform himself mm -hmm. and everything. But he was just stuck in this rut and now it's actually eating him alive without being an alcoholic. I mean, whenever yeah. I say he's fully blown alcoholic, he has a beer inside the shower with him while he's drinking. Every single time yeah. when you see him, he's always drinking. But I, here's yeah. the thing that I really liked, though, was the fact that they, this Catholic uh, team and yeah. everything, they wind up taking a chance on him to actually coach the same basketball team that he was actually involved in whenever he was in high school, to come okay. back again. And they don't know he's an alcoholic. They think that no. he's sober. They don't really know that much about him. and I also liked it. He goes, whenever he's cussing the uh, refs, he goes, what the fuck, ref? And then on, on the bus, he goes, we need to talk about your uh, your cussing issue. He goes, yeah, I'm trying to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, the only disappointment I had is I wanted to know how far the team actually got. Like, because you just hear them on the radio, and they're obviously going to be blowing out that team that while he was shooting hoops. I wanted to know how far that team got. <laughs> To be honest with you, I think that they probably made it all the way because he was actually okay, there in spirit. Yeah, that's just my speculation on it. But here's the thing, though: I'm glad it wasn't like the cliche kind of ending where all of a sudden Ben comes running in there, he starts coaching, everything's honky dory, yeah, and everything. No. You know, no, they, they they turn that upside down essentially. Right, that's something that I really enjoyed about that. Uh, yeah. so. Let's go on ahead. Uh, you did your number two? Yeah, my number two is Bad Boys for Life. <laughs> okay. 
Um, just got so <laughs> my number three is actually the Invisible Man. Okay, that's a non-real mention. And I held back, my, once again, I held back my whole entire thing here because nice. of the fact that um, I feel like The Invisible Man was a really good movie. I liked how it actually started off. I, I really yeah. liked how it started off. I also liked how... Hold on a second. One second. Uh, go on ahead and talk about your number one real quick. Okay. Um, my number one, um, I, it was my anticipated movie of the year. It was so good. I was, um, I was looking for Tenet. It's my number one. This, I'm a huge Christopher Nolan fan. Um, the action was fantastic in it. You see the sequences, um, there's still parts of it I didn't pick up on, so I'm gonna have to watch it multiple times, but, uh, Tenet was just, it, it lived up to my hype. But yeah, I agree with you, John. That the uh, the honorable mention was uh, like I, I had the Invisible Man as an honorable mention. It was intense. Um, like I said, I, I pers- before I watched it, I was not a really fan. I didn't really want to watch it. Um, everybody, was, the reviews for it great, so I intentionally read what happened in it. And once I knew, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna I'm bored. Pandemic's here. Let me watch it. And the it, the movie was very intense. Um. But yeah, going back to Tenet, I thought the John David Washington is like was so good in the is in the main role for it. Um, he's just like his dad. He's got the charisma. Um, he's just got that suave about him that, that you know. Every time you watch John David Washington, you know you you kind of like, oh, okay, he's really, he's Denzel's son, so he's got that. Um, again, he just he he'd be a perfect uh, 007. Um, and then like I said, I mean the, the performances were entertaining. I mean. I actually enjoyed Patterson, Robert Patterson, and this one, Pattinson, and this one. He was a, uh, you know, it was a, he wasn't like a outgoing, egotistical um, de- um, prick like he usually is in his movies. Um, okay, uh, so my number one is ten. Okay, so the Invisible Man, like I was trying to say, was this. I remember the opening sequence of this whole entire film. Where all mm-hmm. you see is the waves crashing against the rocks. Yes. And then you actually see the girl going through the house, taking mm-hmm. her stuff, and then she winds up escaping her abusive boyfriend. Her abusive boyfriend's also trying to chase down the car that her and her friend is in. So I love that opening sequence. And then it takes place about three weeks later. Yeah. And you see, I like that too. Because when we see mm-hmm. most of these movies, right, normally they take yeah. place a year later or six months yeah. later to the point where she can actually recover from the, her abusive boyfriend or whatever, right? Yeah. But three weeks later, she's living back with her, living with her friends, uh, one of her friends and his daughter. Yes. And he happens to be a cop. And that's mm-hmm. something I really like was it doesn't give her a chance to actually recover from no. actually uh, being abused and being in that abusive relationship or anything like that everything is still fresh so when all this stuff is actually happening to her and people are thinking that yeah. she's actually crazy she's actually has all this baggage with her where she's actually being abused and stuff like that mm-hmm. so i really have yeah. to say i like that aspect where 
she's still in turmoil over this whole entire thing. She doesn't have time to actually get over what's going on with her. And then all of a sudden her boyfriend's supposed to be dead. He leaves her a bunch of money. And then next thing you know it, you know, he's actually, maybe he found a way to be invisible and everything. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was actually a good little twist to it. It's nothing like the Kevin Bacon invisible man thing at all. So I really have to say, I appreciated that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I first wasn't really interested in this movie. I mean, when they came out, it just didn't really, the trailers didn't really interest me. Um, and then I, I, like, I already knew I wasn't, at, at that time, wasn't planning on watching it. So I read what happened in it before I watched it. And then I was like, um, I mean, I just, afterwards, I'm like, there was a pandemic. Like, I'm bored. I need something to watch for 2020. This adds to my list. So I watched it and it was like, I was like, oh, wow, this is really intense. Like, at the dinner sequence with the sister that one was like i kind of like when, when that when that happened i was like whoa and then or the opening i kind of jumped out of my seat a little bit when he smashed the windshield like when he suddenly showed up like he knew what she was doing and it was like that but it was intense um that's why i mean like i said it was an honorable mention i mean like i wasn't it wasn't what i expected and, and i'm not a huge elizabeth moss fan um right but i mean i thought she was good in it and you see, another thing, too, that I want to mention is this as well. I'm not a big Elizabeth Moss fan, but she does try and give you something to actually go for and everything, yeah. too. That's something that I really appreciate from her acting ability, though, is yeah. the fact that she does try. She do, does it with 100% and everything yeah. that she does act. And yeah. also, too, this was actually one of those movies that wasn't on my radar either up until one of my mm-hmm. friends who works for JoeBlow.com yeah. was talking about it on his movie channel and also too i'm also friends with him so i'm like okay i need to go out and check this out so that was like the last movie i saw before covid nice no yeah the last movie i saw before covid in theaters was 1917 (laughs) okay um so did what did you wind up talking about while i was gone i'm sorry i I was discussing no it's all good my number one movie of the year which i was hyped for Ever since I've seen trailers, heard about it, was Tenet. That was my number one okay. of the year. Okay. It was, um, yeah. Oh, the action was great in it. I thought the action sequences, no one knows how to make some good action sequences. Um, and like like I said, there's a lot of it I didn't pick up on because it's a, it takes multiple viewings to understand because it's a lot of figuring out, okay, what timeline are they in? Time, it's a lot of time is involved with this. But John David Washington he's got that he's just got that uh that capability in him he was so good in this movie i think he could be the next bond i mean it was that this movie was like a bond movie in a sense um and and also he's just got the swath to him that you know oh he's related to denzel washington so you just got that idea like you know that he's denzel's son and he just he's he's just got that capability and pat uh, robert pattinson was he was okay in this i mean i thought he was pretty good um, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't piss me off. Um, he wasn't annoying. Um, I mean, it's got a pretty good cast in it and it's, the action was great. So, I mean, this movie, I had a high expectations for it. It did not disappoint. That's why it was my number one. It was so good. Okay. I didn't see, um, I didn't see it in the theaters. <laughs> I, see, I, need to see Tenet. I need to see Tenet to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, Let's see, for my number two, I've actually got an independent film and everything that I just got done doing just recently. 
And this movie's really good. It's inspiring. And not to mention, too, it will actually like make you cry a little bit, make you pull on your heartstrings. Mm-hmm. But it's just one of those movies that, you know, I love movies that you can actually relate to. Not only that, but I also like movies that have a lot of emotional stuff to it and it makes it feel so real. Mm-hmm. And that movie is The Sound of Metal. And it's about this heavy metal drummer who loses his hearing. And now he has to try and start over again and try and figure out how he's going to hear again, if he can actually get his hearing back. And the doctors tell him, no, you cannot have your hearing back or anything like that. It's gone. So at that point, he's like, okay, what am I going to do now? Music is the only way that I actually make my money. This is the only way that I can actually do things. His girlfriend is actually played by Olivia Cook, who actually played on uh ready player one ready player one but she also played on a tv series and that is bates motel oh nice yeah she also played on bates motel and she also played on ready player one i really love her as an actress and you can definitely tell when she he turns deaf she doesn't know what to do with him at all Mm -hmm. and so she winds up finding this place that's actually a rehab because also he also has a drug addiction and he's also fighting to be, he's also deaf too. So she finds this place that's actually part of rehab and also can actually help him with his deaf, with him being deaf. So you can definitely tell whenever the last moment's inside the van and everything, she does not want to let him go or anything like that. She really cares about him, but she knows that this is the only way for her to actually mm-hmm. let him have what he needs to have to be able to have, um, be able to face the world. And another thing, though, too, in this rehab place, you can't do anything without um, the doctor actually saying so. You can't go, like, for instance, he ended up fixing the gutters and everything because it was actually mm-hmm. hanging off the roof. The guy said, what, the, what are you doing? Because the, the gutter was actually about to fall. He goes, you don't have to fix anything here. So he got in trouble for that. He got, like, but he wanted, to, he wants to feel so normal. He wants the very yeah. best for himself and everything and he wants and the only way for him to actually hear again is if he gets the implant to actually make him hear and that's like 48 grand to actually hear mm. and it's not even covered by the insurance company or anything like that this movie is very moving it's inspiring it's one of those films that i recommend to anybody that's into heavy metal music or if someone's mm-hmm. suffering from a handicap and stuff like that too with their hearing loss and everything i recommend this film too also too you don't you know how some movies where you know that the character is deaf but you don't actually hear that they're deaf from their perspective mm-hmm. and for maybe in a few movies with this one you are actually on the journey with him and everything Not you nice. actually do yeah because here's the thing you actually do hear what he's what he's hearing so the sound effects is really good for that and then also nice. too whenever uh he actually winds up getting what he wants to get and everything you can actually hear the crackling in the, his ears and everything so everything is muffled out everything is just perfectly well done to allow you to know that he's actually deaf so i strongly recommend the sound of metal and matter of fact you described remind me remind me of uh, a star is born where bradley cooper's character had some sort of hearing loss in one of his ears and he had to, like implant like tuned up so you can hear it that he's losing this like he's not now he wasn't deaf but he lost at least some hearing, I think, in one of his ears, and that's okay. why, like, like that. You mentioning that, this remind me of *A Star Is Born*. Okay, 
Uh, but yeah, the main main actor's name is Riz Ahmed, and he plays mm-hmm. Ruben Stone. So if you guys haven't checked that one out, I strongly recommend it. So now I'm going to get into my number one, and it's actually a movie that I just got done reviewing with Jason, and that is the movie Soul. Okay. From Pixar. And I love this movie. And I even said this on the review. I thought that they were actually going to go in like in the heart of New Orleans and talk about jazz, mm-hmm. talk about the blues and stuff like that. And it went outside that realm. It went into the New York area rather than the New Orleans area, which is something nice. that I really thought that was actually pretty neat. I love the music. Trent Reznor does a great job of playing this, uh, doesn't doing the score. He's actually the lead singer of Nine Inch Nails. He is Nine Inch Nails. And it'll pull on your heartstrings. Jamie Foxx does a good job at playing Joe, who's actually steps on a manhole whenever he, his life is finally getting on track. And he's about to go into the afterlife. He doesn't want to go into the afterlife. And he winds up trying to get back into going back to Earth. So this movie is actually pretty much about trying to live your life through the fullest in things that we reg- uh, that we take for granted. Nice. Pixar had two movies this year. I, I, the other one was Onward. I didn't get a chance to see. Yeah, I wanted to see that. That was my honorable mention one that I couldn't think of. Oh, nice. So it was actually with, Onward uh, Chris, with Peter Parker and uh, Star Lord together. <laughs> right. Um, another honorable mention because I didn't. I forgot that I had this down. Was the Beastie Boys biography? Oh, nice that I saw that was really good. That was narrated by both of the BC boy members. That was really good. And you can, yeah, you can actually stream that for Apple TV. You can get like a 30 day subscription or a week subscription and just watch it because that's what I did. And Uh I canceled it later on, (laughs) but, (laughs) uh, but yeah, that's my number one though, for my top 10 uh, best. So let's go on ahead and do our movies that were, least favorite yeah okay um i'll start off my number i i only i didn't get the 10 um like i said my list is still ongoing but my number eight is this movie that came, uh, called my spy names on prime it has a uh, dave batista was in it i think dave batista rachel um christian schwal i can't pronounce her last name um ken john was in this um Let's just say I was expecting a lot more from it. Yeah, I thought the the opening action sequence was was cool. Then the then the rest of the movie happened, and then I was like, "Oh, why, Dave Bautista? Why?" <laughs> like this movie was this movie was supposed to be out in twenty eighteen, and then this movie kept getting like it was either twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen, kept getting delayed, then delayed again. It's coming out now. It's not. It is. Now it's not. I kept playing that ping pong game of is it going to be released, and then Amazon Prime was that. I was like, well, let me watch this. It's been on my list. The opening had potential. Then the rest of the movie happened, and I was like, oh, it's terrible. You see, I didn't even. I here's the thing. I saw the poster and everything on Amazon Prime and all that stuff. I just didn't bother clicking on it because I seen David Batista in a recent comedy. And he just didn't hit it for me like I wanted it to. So I was thinking, okay, this might not be the movie that I actually want to go out and see or support or watch, in that matter, on streaming services. Yeah. But, you know, knowing that you watched it and saw that you were disappointed in it makes me, you know, kind of not want to see it now because I, I see it all the time. And I'm like, maybe I should go ahead and check this out. 
And then there's actually mm-hmm. another movie that's inside that movie. And I'm like, nah, I'm gonna go check out this movie yeah. instead. <laughs> I mean, I like I like Batista since he's from DC, and I think that's cool. I thought he was fantastic in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, and I'm I'm excited to see him in uh, Dune. But this one is like, ugh, ugh, just end already. <laughs> right. Listen here, I actually have Birds of Prey as my number ten. Okay. And, you know, you and I talked about this a little bit before the show and everything, but mm. when you look at the characterization of the characters yeah, and stuff like that, I was let down by it because of the fact that, number one, I do like, before I get into this, I do like Margaret Robbie as Harley Quinn. I did like Huntress. Okay. I like yeah, the action sequences. Good. Yeah. And... I also liked, um, like I said, the action sequences were good. Margaret Robbie was good. Those were the only things that I really enjoyed about the film. It was the characterization and the characters of what they did with those characters was why I didn't like the film and stuff like that. Now, I love the funhouse scene and everything, but it wasn't enough for me to say. At that point, if I'm not liking the movie from the beginning all the way to the very end, and then the very Mm -hmm. end of it is the funhouse scene, it was not enough for me to salvage this film to the point where it's actually fresh for me. Yeah. And it, because if it takes that long for me to like something, chances is that's not good because I want to like something from the beginning, middle, and then the final act. And that's just my it perspective. I have it on the 4K Blu-ray. Um, it looks fantastic. The, the image, the, the picture image is so good on four, on a 4K TV and stuff. And, and here's another thing, though, too. I don't. I didn't like the character of Black Mask either. I thought that I really didn't feel like he was a threat. I really didn't feel like he was menacing at all. I didn't really mm-hmm. feel anything from him or anything. And I wanted so much more for his character. And I don't like the fact that they winded up doing what he what they did to his character at the very end because they could actually build on that. But instead, they yeah. made the character wasteful and did what they mm-hmm. did. And I'm going to just. Uh, spoiler territory just in case people actually want to watch it by the way if you want to watch it it's on HBO Max but this is my perspective on it I mean I, and here's the thing Huntress did such a great job in this film not only that but I like the fact that they gave us the groundwork of her background which I would actually love yeah. to see more of and yes we got introduced into the Arrowverse with her but I wanted to see it yeah. from a cinematic yeah. viewpoint yeah I want to see more of the crossbow killer. Right. So that was my number two. Yeah. Go in, uh, go to your nine and eight, since I'm already at eight, and then we can just go from there. Okay. Because I only did seven. So I didn't even uh, make it to uh, okay. Well, I mean, I only did okay. one four films. That's all I did for that was oh, like wow, okay. well oh, okay. five. I'm sorry. Uh because okay. I actually have another movie that you mentioned for your honorable mentions that I actually have on this list. Uh, okay. Capone uh, Capone was um, a letdown yeah and here's the thing I already knew what I was getting myself into whenever I first saw this movie whenever I rented this from Redbox because I actually listened to the interview that Josh uh, uh, Trank did with Christian Harloff with the one on one interview I already knew that this was not going to be the gangster Capone this was actually going to be Capone suffering from Alzheimer's and with him being okay. haunted from his past and things like that. So I was okay with that because I knew what I was getting myself into. But it was the delivery of the plot. It was the delivery of how it was presented. And 
it was like a horror movie aspect of the film where he's actually being haunted by his demons, which I actually like that aspect, but it was along the lines of, it felt more like a straight to DVD release rather than a uh, big theatrical release. And that was the main problem with me was it felt like maybe a B-rated movie with B-rated dialogue and stuff like that. I really didn't care for this movie as much as I really wanted to. I love Tom Party as an actor. I think he's a phenomenal actor. It's just, I didn't care for this version of Capone that I thought I would actually like, especially given off the whole entire interview where it's mostly Capone in his Alzheimer's stages and he's being hunted by his past and things like that. Mm-hmm. And um, then again, Josh Trank is, not, is known in infamy for making that horrible Fantastic Four reboot and then the behind right. the scenes issues that they that's coming out again about how much how much of a, a jerk he was on set about all the stuff and then allegations against him or whatever. It was just he's just got bad news written all over him. Yeah, he does. He has some bad publicity around him. Um so my next one is actually gonna be the tax collector with Shia LaBeouf. This was a movie that yes. I was anticipated for because of the fact that Shia Huh? it's on my list to see at some point to be honest with you if you're thinking that Shia LaBeouf is actually the main star in this film because he got all those oh, tattoos know, think, from what I've read I don't think he is so I have no. I had that idea not that's my point that I was about to make though uh, was this okay. okay so Shia gets all these tattoos and everything because he thinks that he's going to be this big, huge character that he is and everything. I actually have to convince him for getting all those tattoos, but those tattoos, the things, the levels that he actually went through for this role is meaningless because of the fact that he's not out front and center like we thought he was going to be. He's more of the Mm -hmm. background character in this film than he is the main character. And then you have this one other character who's actually the main character in this whole entire film, and it just doesn't work for me at all. You actually have um, a, com- a comedian playing a gangster type role, which is actually pretty good. I really thought he did a really, really good job with it and things like that. But as far as the movie as the whole goes, it just didn't work for me. And I really wish that they would have actually done something more for Shy because Shy is a great actor whenever he's given the right role, especially when you look at Honey Boy, when you look at uh, the Peanut Butter Falcon and things like that. He's a good actor. Um, I didn't see it. Um, I was expecting a lot from it from from what I saw the trailers. The director David Ayer going back to like the 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 the, the team like the buddy like not really buddy comedy buddy cop, but it's like like a duo doing like I mean that uh that one that he did with uh Michael Pena and uh Jake Gyllenhaal that was the cop movie. Um, that was End of Watch. That was intense. Right. That's what I figured I was going to be getting with uh, this movie. Then again, like then hearing the bad reviews for it, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm. It's on my list. I'll get to it. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> but the comedian I was actually talking about was George Lopez. He was in this movie. Oh, Lopez. Okay. So he does a good job of playing a gangster type role that's supposed to be related to this other gangster who's actually the uncle to that gangster. But in case anybody doesn't know what the tax collector is about. The tax collector is about this guy who collects money from other gangsters with their drug deals and everything else. And it's up to Shia to collect on those on those debts. So that's basically what it's about. And they run into some trouble and everything with this other uh, this other leader and everything. It's it's just not that great of a deal. But that's just my opinion. 
So right, I'll go into my next one. Um, my next one is my number seven. Um, this was one of those directed DVD movies. Um, and we, we believe it's a, a sequel to Sudden Death called Welcome to Sudden Death, starring uh Michael J. White. Terrible. Like this was this was like bad. Like you know, like in the opening sequence, he's chained up as a military guy. And he just easily like breaks his chains, and he, and it's like nobody can kill him, like nobody can beat him up. And so essentially, this is like they called it a sequel to the Sun Death movie of Jean Claude Van Damme. This was more of a comedy kind of aspect to it. Like it was like the game, the, the thing that's, that's at the arena that's taking place is a basketball game. You can't even do Sun Death in basketball. <laughs> I mean, come on, you call it Sun Death. Do hockey. Do something else. You can't do death with a basketball game. And then it's like all the fight sequences. The guys are like, he, he he's like um the Michael J. White character. He's like God mode in video games. Where like he, like nothing's hitting him. Nothing. He's not like he's not bleeding that much. And he's like one kick, and the guys da- and the villains are down. I'm like, it's just like it was stupid. And I'm like, I was like, I mean, it's like I was like bored. I was like, oh, I was just gotta watch this. And then I was like, it was terrible. You see, I didn't even the, see the that Jean- No, the Jean Claude Van Damme one is so much better. Mm-hmm. And I've more seen the Jean Claude Van Damme one. Right, I've seen that one. Howard Keep is a great villain in that movie, and it's believable. <laughs> this isn't. <laughs> so, what do you have on your next one? Our, um, again, this is another like one of those directed DVD movies. There's a movie called A Rogue. Um, it was a uh, star Megan Fox, and it's uh essentially it's uh her she, she's a, a part of these uh they're like mercenaries or something like that, and they're supposed to uh rescue this one girl that's being t- uh, um held captive by these like I think uh by this tribe or whatever um so, like sun change makes them take everybody with them, and then it turns out their their safe location there's this murderous lion that's out there that's attacking a uh, killing men so it's just dealing with the two sets of enemies it was not good um i mainly watched it because one of the actors in it uh phil winchester he was in it and um he was he was he was on my strike back series um and he was fantastic in that that um section 20 british intelligence and it was a great action so so he 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 was familiar with the military like terms and about um and all that and like i said i, I mainly watched it for him um, he did his, he did what he could in it, but it was just, it was not good. Okay. So. But straight back. Have, okay. So I actually have uh, Artemis Fowl on this list. Ugh. As I being seen a it. bad movie. God. I have no idea. I no intention of seeing it. I watched I this on terrible. Disney Plus. I watched this on Disney Plus because they had to release it on Disney Plus. Yeah. Disney's and, lucky because they would have lost so much money if they released that in theaters. Right. So it would have been a two hundred million dollar bomb. Right. This movie had the worst dialogue that I've actually sat through in a Disney movie. And then you know, you know, I'm I forget, you know what this movie's so bad that it got erased from my mind. Only one nice. scene actually stands out that was actually cringeworthy. Was this? You know yeah, how man. sometimes. Right, but you know how in movies, when they give you the title of the film and the character says the title of that film, yes, and guess what? The character says 
you don't know who you're messing with. And I said, please don't say it. Please don't say it. Because <laughs> you're messing with Artemis Fowl. I'm like, okay, you said it. <laughs> because sometimes it can actually be good whenever a character says a certain thing. But this is like yeah. very on the nose to the point where it's cringeworthy and also feels forced. Yeah. And nothing about this movie, I felt like it was a threat with the kid or anything like that. This movie was very cartoony, if you actually think about it. Don't get me wrong, I know mm -hmm. it was a Disney movie, but it was supposed to feel fun. I know it's supposed to make you feel like, you know, it's a little bit of a cartoonish kind of thing for the kids or whatever. But at the same time, it's a live action movie, so you have to have some sense of danger. Yeah. You know, but that's my, that's one, that's one of my, my uh, movies that I didn't really care for. My next one um, was another, I think, one of these, another directed DVD movie. I think it was, I believe it was called Force of Nature. Um, it was uh, sort of Emile Hirsch, um, Kate Boswell, um, Bos Kate Bosworth, Mel Gibson. Um, I think uh, Angel Batista from uh, Dexter was in this. This was terrible. This was bad. <laughs> it was like a really weird, like, it was like, oh, a storm is happening. Okay. And Emil Hirsch plays this cop that's like, like, or like, like, like trying to get these people out of this location because this really bad hurricane is about the hurricane slash tornado slash whatever was hitting them. So they had to get this this family out of there. And Mel Gibson used to be a cop that's very diabetic or whatever. And um, it's it was just bad. It was just nothing nothing redeemable in it. I mean, it was just um. Even though it was disappointing to see Angel Batista because I just well, I finished season one of Dexter after before watching this one. I'm like, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. He's in it. Yeah, it was bad. Okay. So my last one I have on my list is Wonder Woman 1984. And it wasn't, okay. here's, like I said before, it's, this is not going to be like a bad list or anything like that. I have to mm -hmm. re-edit this uh, title. Yeah. But it was just a movie that I was disappointed in. Especially okay. coming off of the very first one, because I love the very first movie, especially when she goes in no man's land. That action sequence was really good. I like the I like the whole entire fight sequence between her and uh, the god they actually chose, the villain that they actually chose for that film. I thought it was really good for the first one. Then coming off of the second one, eh, I really didn't like the. It wasn't the acting. Gal Dutta did a good job with the acting. I thought. And everything. It was the direction that they chose to go in, like the writing style that they decided to go in. Because Patty did a good job with the directing and everything. It was the uh, script that they actually chose to go with. And, you know, that's what I thought that was actually the main problem with it, mm -hmm. you know? And I can even... More and you know what? There's actually a scene, and Anthony even said this, but... I didn't notice this, but you remember whenever the kids are they're at Morocco or somewhere and they're kicking the ball, and yeah, oh yeah, I know that scene it. about about how it looked like it was their dolls that when he yeah. said she was saving, it was like oh yeah. But I mean, I mean, yeah, I wanted more action. That's what I really want. I mean, it's like you can make a movie, but if you're a superhero, you're supposed to have like I mean, in all the Dark Knight movies. There is fantastic action sequences in every single one of them. And Wonder Woman, just for me, these last two, that was my only disappointment. Is like, there's not one of those, that moment that's like, it's a superhero movie. So there should be fighting something. I mean, the, the cheetah sequence 
yeah, that was towards the end of the movie. This movie is almost two and a half hours, close to three hours. It's a long one. And I figured there'd at least be some action to move the story along. And there's just a lot of long, drawn-out sequences and stuff. I didn't really, like, meh. Like, I mean, I like I said, I mean, I like I, it's in my top ten. I mean, I like, parts of it I enjoyed. I thought Steve was fantastic. But this one needs, like, the third one needs to that be that vastly improve where I'm going to not like it again. I mean, it's just, it's just my, my hype for it was really high for this one since the trailers. And then this one kind of, it, it did, it was decent. Like, it's decent for my top 10. But is it decent enough to be in my top five? No. Everything above Same. it was better. Same. And that's another thing, though, too. Warner Brothers is so quick to actually speed and track, track uh, fast track this movie for the third movie. Yeah. Instead of just taking their time and being like, okay, this one didn't get that good of recognition that the first one did. So let's see what the problems are that we have. Instead, they're and very it's reactionary. It's huh? failing. Like they said, they, they, like this, the latest numbers, it dropped in terms of that right. because it don't expect any more blockbusters during this pandemic. It dropped 67% from what it made in the opening weekend to only, I think it made like 28 mil or something down to five mil just this one weekend and, that's and they good. said tenant no i think tenant's gonna make more money than 84 but then again right. it's the pandemic i can't really put much sense into that i mean it's no. they're like it's they're trying but it's like i mean but i do feel like yeah. that warner brothers is very reactionary to the point was like yeah. okay wonder woman's out now let's go ahead and make another wonder woman movie instead of saying Hey, look, there was problems with Wonder Woman 1984. Let's focus our concerns on the problems that be that we have in front of us. But instead, yes. they're like the minions and everything. Yeah. They're going around everywhere. Be -doo, be -doo. They don't know what they're doing. They're very reactionary, in my opinion. Yeah. And I really feel like if they just take their time and like, hey, look, these are the problems that we have. We need to fix these problems and we can move on. Instead of saying, you know yeah. what? We're going to go on ahead and make another movie. Hey, Jenkins is also tied into doing a Star Wars movie right now. Right. So, I, don't expect, yeah. I don't expect Wonder Woman to be out at least for another, I would say, four years. The way I would go three. I might go three. I mean, but Warner Brothers got a lot of stuff on their docket already right. that I think it's going to be, it's going to help them in the end. I mean, there's a lot of great stuff that they got coming out. I mean, I'm glad, like, for what, what they're doing with Dune, I'm glad they they pushed it to like later in 2020 because that one that one's gonna be boomer bust for them. They gotta right. they gotta hit 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 that ball, ballpark for that one. I do agree with that. I'm glad it's not going to streaming like we thought it was gonna be. Yeah. So, all right. So, do you have any more on your list? Oh yeah, I got um I got four more um okay. and um so my number four least favorite movie of the year. The rhythm section with Blake Lively. I was like I said, I was really excited for this because I, I read the like tried reading the book and I didn't really get far in the book. Um, but just from comparing the parts of the book I read to what I saw in the theaters, the way it progressed, I saw this in the theaters and it was just not what I was expecting. It was very slow, very dull. Um, Blake Lively did what she could in it because I, I like her. She did what she could, and I thought she was great as Stephanie Patrick. 
but just the end result, the way the movie progressed, um, it just it just fell flat. Um, it's like I mean, I liked her in it, and I, I liked Jude Law, but it just I mean, there's not a lot of action in it. And I figure from the book there would be a lot of action in it, being a in a, a spy action movie that they're going to try to potentially do sequels one, which I seriously doubt that happening. But I like Blake Lively in it. I thought she she did what she could with the script and the direction. But the movie being almost two hours or close to that and not having any good action sequences is very, like, very disappointing. But there's okay. worse movies on that on my list. My next one um, on my list is a Netflix movie called Coffee and Kareem. This one starred Ed Helms and Tiachi P. Henson. This was terrible. Like, I mean, Ed Helms, I mean, he, he, it's hit or miss with him. But the problem wasn't him. The problem was with the kid. And the kid dropping the F-bomb every five seconds in the movie. And the kid's like maybe 10, 11. And he's dropping F-bombs like they're, like they're, Tic Tacs. Like, every five seconds, the kid's dropping the F-bomb. And it's just like, come on! I'm like, it's just like, you're ruining the movie. You're just putting in F-bombs for the sake of F-bombs. Jeez, if you wanted to do Coffee and Kareem, you should have just had Sam Jackson in it. That would have been a lot more entertaining. Um, and then um, the 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 the, co- the other cop in it, I think her name was Betty uh, Gilpin. She was annoying, too. She just kept calling uh, Ed Helms... Um, kept calling Ed Helms the, the, a, a curse word the whole time. It wasn't good. It was boring. It was annoying. It was just like, just, just end already. And it was like, and the action was, I mean, the action wasn't that great. I mean, there's moments of it. I mean, the, I mean, somebody exploding with a grenade, that was a, like, that wasn't, that everybody thought it was dud. I mean, that was kind of cool, but it was bad. Let's see. I know that we're doing our, movies that are you know that that they wouldn't really care for but i do want to go back to something a little bit positive for a minute that i forgot about project power with jamie fox was really good Uh that's on my list like jgl i I gotta i gotta (laughs) it was awesome though i mean i love the concept of a pill that can actually give you superpowers and you don't know what those superpowers are and then also too that pill can actually kill you, though, too. Yeah. Because you might not even yeah. have any superpowers. You might actually explode. So I love that. Yeah. Jamie Foxx does a good job. Joseph Gordon Love is back and forth. This is really good. It takes place in New Orleans. And this is one of my favorite scenes in this movie, too, was when Joseph Gordon Lovitz is actually going into this other, this other person's house. And basically... He's naked. He actually strips down and everything because they're the woman is actually looking for uh, these other guys are looking for a daughter who's actually selling the pills mm-hmm. and everything. It's supposed to be the FBI. So the next thing you know, it he winds up stripping down and he uh, r- takes a robe around his a robe like he just got out of the shower and he goes, mm, "Nice, what the hell are you doing in my house?" <laughs> he, goes, <laughs> he goes, "You need to get the f out of my house and everything." And at that point, he goes, wait, you two are together? He goes, yeah, we're together. Why? You mean to tell me that this white man right here cannot be with this beautiful black woman over here? Yeah, we're together. He goes, come here, baby. <laughs> and everything. So nice. the movie is really, 
I have to say, the movie is really good. I actually got a chance to actually interview with one of the actors that was on Project Power as well. Oh, nice. So that's actually on the audio-only podcast if you guys want to check that out. But that's just a little bit of a positive note and everything. I know that we're supposed to be doing movies that uh, let us down a little bit. But it's just something that just popped in my uh, mind just uh, a few minutes ago. So I just had to put that on there. I haven't seen it, but I want to. I want to. I'm a Borat fan, so I got to watch the new Borat movie. I haven't seen that yet, so okay. that's something I got to watch. Um, okay. So anyway, um, my second least favorite movie uh, out of like out of the t- whatever I have it, my number two least favorite, The Love Birds, with uh, Kareem um, uh, Nanjiani. Oh my god! I saw the trailer so many times in theaters for all the movies I've seen. I was like, yeah, let me watch this. Um, like instantly. You hit, you were gonna hate it. It's terrible. It was so boring. It was very bland. The two, the, the, the two of them don't have chemistry with each other. It was just bad. Like, I mean, I can't give this movie any love. The only part I thought was funny was the the Amazing Race little tie into it. I thought that was right. kind of that that part was funny. The whole, the rest of it was just utter garbage. I agree with you on that because I did watch this movie mm-hmm. and you know, this movie was just awful because like you said, there's no chemistry between the two actors and act- the actor no. and the actress in this film. It doesn't even feel like it's a proper rom-com slash uh, movie. The best movie that actually has this kind of aspect to is date night with Steve Carell back in 2010. That was the best chemistry yeah. that you can actually look at. With yeah, this, Steve Carell's like Right. This just feels like it's been just poorly done, poorly executed. Everything about this film, yeah. like you mentioned before, is just forced. And it's not even funny. Yeah. I'm sitting there going, okay, I'm supposed to be laughing sometime soon. When am I supposed to be laughing? Oh, do I have I dinner on nothing, right funny nothing funny. All so, right. My number one. Um, I I believe I wrote a, like this is um this movie is called The Last Days of American Crime. I wrote a review of it on the page. This was, oh, I gave this a 0.5 out of 5. This was horrendous. Like, everything was bad about this movie. The movie's two and a half hours. There's, uh, the only action in it is the last five minutes. Like, it's terrible. Like, the the Edgar Ramirez, meh. He doesn't do it. The, the, the girl that they have in it, the love interest, oh my gosh, she won't shut up. I'm like, she was she was terrible. She couldn't even act. She reminded me of Ellen Barkin. And Ellen Barkin's a better actress from like this from when I think that her voice, Charlotte Copley, Copley is in this briefly. I mean, they, they seriously underused him. They have, they credit him as the main actor. He's only in it for like five minutes. Um, Everything, there's no action in this. And it's like, what am I watching for two and a half hours? I'm like, if you have a two and a half hour movie, you should be actually like the pacing was horrible. Everything was bad. Like this movie was like, thank God I didn't get in theaters because it would have been a, a travesty. I mean, it was like nothing good was about it. This was this. I watched this just to fill the time, to fill the void in time before the old guard came out. This was terrible. Like I highly recommend not watching this movie. If you want to have a really bad time, watch it. But this is the worst movie of the year. Probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen. 
and this is probably the worst review I ever, uh, worst rating I ever gave in a, given a movie. And I've seen some bad stuff. This was a point five out of five. <laughs> it didn't even get a point. <laughs> like I mean, this movie's terrible. I mean, like you, you can find the uh, find my review of it on on the movie lovers page. Um, and yeah, I, I I went to full details. I was trashing this movie. Anybody you know involved? Yeah, I might actually, matter of fact, I might actually put your review onto the to the website and everything. I'll give you full credit for it and everything. So I'll put that on the I website. Would, I mean, I'll, I'll find it. Um, I know I did a review for this and I gave it a 0. 0.5. I okay. was I hate this movie so much. This was like awful. I'm like an uh, two and a half hour my hours of my life. And, and I like I said, I sat through Brokeback Mountain. Like, like I said, I I can't like I, it's a neck and neck race of what I hate more, this or that. Okay. So avoid everybody. Else? Avoid. <laughs> so, is there anything else that you wanted to add or talk about, or? No, I think that's about it. I mean, that's all I have on my list. Um, okay. There's still a bunch of stuff on my like movies out there that I has, I want to see. Like, I haven't seen the new Mutants yet. Um, I want to see Borat. Um, there's a lot of stuff left. I want. I mean, I'm I'm even intrigued to watch that movie Freaky, the one with Vince Vaughn and Catherine Newton. I'm intrigued on that because it looks kind of funny. Um, and then I, there's a Liam Neeson movie that that hasn't come out yet on Blu-ray that I have that I want to check out. So it's there's a lot of stuff from 2020 left I have to see, but yeah, I I don't think anything's nothing's going to beat my number one, nothing. Okay. All right, so that's going to be it for the show. I just want to say thank you everybody for joining us for tonight. Another thing too, we're actually sponsored by Audible. You can go on ahead get a 30 day subscription through Audible through us by clicking on the link below. Go on ahead do that if you guys want to. Another thing too, guys, if you guys want to support the show, you guys don't have to, but if you want to support it, go on ahead go to the GoFundMe page below. We also have a Patreon and everything as well that's up and running right now. You can find that in the links below as well. We also have a Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite Instagram. Check us over over there. And of course, you guys can also go on and follow us on Facebook as well at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite over there. You guys can follow me on on Twitter as well at John DeGuardio8, or you can go on ahead and follow me at Movie Lovers Unit. That's where I mostly do all my posting at. Then, of course, you guys can also get all your entertainment needs at once by going to www.movieloversunite.com. And it's always been fun doing this with you, Charlie. I like doing these top 10 uh, related yeah, stuff, and even when Plinky's on too. So hopefully I'll actually have Frenchie back on tomorrow night, though. It's not going to be a live event or anything like that. This is going to be an audio-only uh, broadcast where it's just going to be my friend and I doing our Talking Sopranos. Uh, well, not Talking Sopranos, but Mafia Talk Mondays. We're actually doing a Sopranos review. We're going season by season, and we're actually on season four. This is going to be season four, part two. And then after that, next week, we're going to be doing season five. <clears throat> so we're going to be doing that. And then I think we're going to have a Cobra Kai after show for season three co coming up on Tuesday uh, with me and a Schmodown competitor. We're just going to have to uh, find out if that's actually going to be taking place or not. So I cannot wait to actually do that. Thanks again, guys. It's been a pleasure. Always until next time. Bye-bye.